Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. I think sometimes we can forget that God is for us. That there's sometimes there's so much that's coming at us and and so much in this world that that we may not understand and that we may be like God where are you in this but he is for us his blessing is upon us and as Christians as believers in Jesus Christ we don't have to fear as believers in Jesus Christ we can stand up And we can say, Satan, you go back to hell where you belong. That this virus has no curse over us. And that our children's children will walk in the blessing that is Jesus. And that that we will have the favor of God. And, and when we talk about favor sometimes, I think we can think, you know, God, give us favor. But it's not just so much of God, give us favor, but it's more of God, walk with us each and every day. So when you go into that building, you know that God is protecting you. That when you send your kids to school, you know that God is protecting them. That when you are going into in that doctor's office, that God is giving you favor. And I think that sometimes... We put that on the back burner and thank God if you'll do this. But if we stand in the true blessing that he is and the true God that he is, then we can have all authority in heaven and earth and we can walk in favor with the Lord and we can walk in that blessing and we can know that our children are blessed, that our children's children are blessed that nothing in the name of Jesus will come against our home or come against our children. God, I thank you so much for for who you are, God. I thank you that that you are so faithful, Lord. I thank you, God, that that we can walk in this blessing that you, you give us, Lord, that we can walk in the healing power in the name of Jesus Christ. That everything that you did on the cross is for us. Everything that happened on that cross, we have access to victory over. God, we have victory over death. We have victory over sin. We have victory over disease and sickness. We have victory over our finances. We have victory over our health. And God, you give us that Because, God, that you say, God, that you will bless your people, that your hand is upon them, that you will lift them up, and that nothing will come against them, that you will surround us with your angels. So, God, I pray right now that each and every person in here experiences and feels that blessing that you give, Lord. And that we will come to you knowing that we have full access to who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. You may be seated. It is a great, great morning this morning, and um, I, uh, I have the privilege to speak to you today. 
So Ryan is not talking. Can we get an amen? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's, he's a great speaker, communicator, long-winded brother of Christ. I'm sorry. I, I just, I had to get it out. Um, so I love you. <laughs> uh, so we are continuing in James. And we are continuing in our sermon series, How To. And um, I think it's kind of funny because uh, all the songs that, that we sang before talks about Jesus overcoming sin and, and how we have victory in sin uh, through him. And that's kind of what we're talking about uh, a little bit today is, is temptations and trials, and we're going to hit a little bit more on temptations because we all know when we go through trials, you know, um, we have that that hope that we persevere through trials. And um, today, I think we're we're going to talk about a little bit more about temptation. How many of you guys have ever been tempted before? Right? Like it's it's not just like you know, one of us or two of us. We've all been tempted before. And so it's not, it's not anything that we've uh, not experienced. You know, there's uh, different ways that you can be tempted. You can be tempted, you know, um, with anything basically. And it can even sometimes tempt your faith, meaning that can shake your faith. It can make you kind of rocky, some of the things that we go through or the temptations that we go through. So we face them every single day. I mean, there's usually a day that doesn't go by where we're not tempted by, by something or someone. And, and I think if we realize how to get through these temptations and how to conquer them, then it will help us, help us be a better follower of Jesus and um, a better human being, really, that, let's just be honest. But, um, you know, we just... Sometimes when we're tempted, you know, that we say, like, you know, well, that's just life. Things happen. And that's true. You know, life does happen and things do happen. But the good thing about, about that is that, you know, we, we have faith. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, life does happen, but God also happens. And he takes over. Well, that's just life. That just happens. And he takes over that, and he can direct us and, and, and help us to overcome those situations. So let's go to the Word of God. We are reading in James 1, 12 through 18, and this is, uh, this is the NLT version. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation after they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created the lights in the heavens, and he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chooses to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, have become his prized possession. So the first thing I want us to talk, to, or to talk about is how to recognize temptation. 
how to recognize temptation. And yes, you probably will be out of here a little bit early, but uh, everybody can say amen. (laughs) How to recognize temptation. So the dictionary describes temptation as the desire to do something, uh, especially something wrong or unwise. So the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Have you ever done anything unwise in your life? No, I didn't think so. Have you ever done anything wrong in your life? Yes, yes, we all have. We all have. You know, I think that, um, you know, whether, whether or not, we, we all, you know, like, oh, well, that's not too wrong or that's not too bad. You know, we, we as Christians, we, we base our morals on what the Bible says. So we base our morals and what is sin according to God's word. What God says is sin. That's how we recognize what is sin. And, um, and, and basically what, what God says is sin. So we can recognize our temptations and, and the temptations that God calls as sin. And I want us to be very clear. Being tempted is not a sin. If you are tempted, it's not a sin. Giving into temptation is the sin. Because the enemy, the devil, will try to tempt us any way that he can. He tempted Jesus himself. And Jesus was tempted, but he didn't give into the temptation. And so when we recognize that temptation is not a sin, but giving into temptation it is. I, would like, I like to use the illustration of Ryan and cookies. Ryan loves chocolate chip cookies. Like, like lo- loves them. Like, um, I'm pretty sure he's eaten a dozen by himself, like, in one day. And I, uh, I made cookies, well, I made cookies this week, and I don't think he ate that many, but um, I think he was, he was definitely tempted by it. But there was one time where I made cookies, I'm like, where did all these cookies go? And he's like, I just, I just, I just like them. And so, if you put a cookie in front of Ryan, and he looks at it, and I'm using him because I obviously don't have any, any temptations. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't really, I mean, I like cookies, but it's not like, you know, like my kids and, and my husband are like the sweet tooths of the whole family. Like, um, I'm not kidding. We had a, like a half a gallon of ice cream, and it was gone in one day. And... So much so where, I, you know, I had to tell Skye, you know, sugar is not, too much sugar is not too good for you. You know, we paid a lot of mo- uh, money for those teeth that are in your mouth right now because she had to have oral surgery before we got here. And so, you know, I'm like, you have to back off on the sugar. And so, you know, sometimes she'll eat a cookie. Mommy, I've just had too much sugar. You're right, honey, you have. And Ryan is not that way. Ryan and Peyton are like, give me all the sweets and all the sugar. And so... If you put a cookie in front of them, you know, if you just look at the cookie, it's a temptation, but it's not a sin until you take the cookie up and you put it in your mouth and you start eating it. And let's be real, Ryan will totally eat that cookie. So I'm just saying that that is definitely a temptation of his and of my children. And I mean, I have, I have other temptations, um, you know, obviously, so, but... I was thinking of, of, a, of a good way, and there was one time where I, I, I wish I would have put the video up, but I videoed Peyton, and, and I put some M&Ms in front of him, 
and I said, Peyton, it's called, it was called the toddler challenge. You know, there's a lot of moms that are, that are doing it. Like if your kid takes it out, takes it out before, like you put the, put the temptation in front of them and then you walk out the door and, um, or walk out of the room and they, you tell them not to eat it until you get back. And if they eat it, then they, you know, lost. But if they are good little perfect children and they sit there and they don't eat it until you get back, then, you know, they won the challenge. And I, I literally put the bowl in front of Peyton. He goes, ooh, and he, like, is dipping into it before I even set it down. And so um, I wish I would have played the video. I was thinking about it last night. I was like, should I play this video? And then I fell asleep. And so, um, but the funny part was I walked out of the room, and Sky goes, Mom, he's eating it. And so Peyton cannot get away with anything. But it's not a temptation until you actually give into it. So temptation and giving into it. And, um, you know, there are, when we recognize our temptation, so it's not just all about, you know, uh, not giving into temptation, but it's all, it, it also goes along with recognizing your temptations. What tempts you? You know, um, we are all tempted, but there are things that, that may tempt you more than that they may tempt me. And so we have to recognize what it is that causes us to give into and causes us to sin. And, and when we recognize that, we have a better view and a better overlook of, of how to beat our temptations and how to overcome our sin. I used to, before Sky was born in Missouri, I, um, I used to coach high school girls basketball. And um, it was at a, a very small town in the middle of nowhere. And so I coached these high school girls. And one part of being a coach is, is um, learning your opponents. So there were times where I would get info on them. I would be able to say, okay, you know, well, this team is really good, and this is their best player, and this is what they do. You know, they, um, they do a press or they do man-to-man defense. And so um, I would be able to, to kind of study the other team and to kind of get an idea of, of what we were about when we stepped out on the court, what we were going to face. I also knew the coach, too. The, usually the man behind, because there wasn't very many female coaches, but usually the man behind the team. And so it really was a, a, a leg up, if you will, on how to, how to beat your opponent to get to know them. And there's something that we have to understand when it comes to sin and temptation, that the enemy, Satan, is always trying to defeat us. There's never a moment in our walk with Christ or even outside of being Christian because he's trying to defeat each and every person that he can. So there's never a moment where he is not looking for a way to take you down. There's never a moment where he is not waiting to hop on an opportunity to help draw you away from the Lord. He's always there waiting and ready. The Bible talks about him like a, a lion going around trying to, to find who he can devour. And it's so true. And anyone who is a seasoned Christian, or you don't even have to be a seasoned Christian, knows that sometimes when everything's going good and, and you're feeling like you're, you're, you're on top of your relationship with the Lord and you're feeling really close to him, something happens, right? And something's like, man, I just don't feel that close to God. Or 
something happens and, and you start, start to doubt God's faithfulness. Or something happens and, and you're like, man, I, just, I should just give up. It's the little, the little things that our enemy likes to look for, little opportunities to get in. He studies us. He knows us. And he knows, he knows what your weaknesses are. And that's the scary part is because sometimes he knows what our weaknesses are before we know what our weaknesses are. So when we talk about recognizing temptation, we have to talk about knowing, knowing what the temptation is that we face. So James tells us, James tells us that our temptation comes from our own desires. We just, we read it earlier up in the, um, up in the verse where it says in verse, verse 14, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. So James tells us that our, our, our desires, we are, we are sinful humans. And so our temptation comes from things that, that we desire as a person. So he also tells us that it does not come from God. So God does not tempt us. So if that's kind of in your mind where, man, you know, God's tempting me today. God's seeing if I will pass this test. It, no, no, he doesn't do that. That's not his character, nor will he ever do that. Because it also tells us later down in James that, that he doesn't change. That he's not the one that's changing. So if he's not the one that's changing, who's changing? We are. So our temptations and our desire to sin comes from within us. Something that, that makes us feel good in the moment. Something that looks so good. Man, that cookie is good. It's warm. It's gooey. Just came out of the oven. You have a nice glass of chocolate milk or regular milk, whatever you prefer, skim milk, almond milk, right there in front of you for those of that are lactose intolerant. Goat's milk. You have it right there in front of you, and it looks good. You just had, how many of you guys crave sweets when you've had something healthy to eat right before, right? It's like, man, I had this salad. I can so eat that chocolate piece of cake. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you crave something sweet. And, and in that moment, I mean, we all, it, mo, I can relate to a sweet tooth because we all get a sweet tooth. And if you don't, then are you human? Um, <laughs> That would be my first question. But no, I actually have a niece that does not like chocolate. And I was like, I don't, I don't think you're family. <laughs> See, we have people in here that don't like chocolate, but there are other things that, that catch your eye. You know, she may not like chocolate, but man, you know, she loves licorice or, or you know, something, uh, you know, gummy bears or something like that. So, so there's always that moment, like if you can relate to having a sweet tooth or craving something and giving into, into that temptation, it comes from our own desires. It comes from our, on our brain, our brain. We eat so much sugar in our culture. I don't even, like, it's, it's a lot. Americans consume a lot of sugar. Sugar is in everything. Sugar is in bread. Sugar is, you know, obviously in fruit, but that's natural sugar. That's okay. But there are sugars that are in everything. Tortillas, anything and everything. There are sugars that are in spaghetti sauce. Sugar is in our culture and in our society. Like, it's very, very common. 
And so our brain is, is automatically like it is connected to sugar. And our brain thinks that we need sugar at a certain point. When you start to sh- cut sugar out, your brain thinks that you need it. And so it tells us you need some sugar. And so all this sugar that, and so a lot of times we give into it. And we may, not, we give, may give into it and not even know it. The same with temptation. It comes from within us. God does not tempt us. He can't. It's, again, it's against who he is as God. So when we, we, when we recognize the temptation and we recognize this is not from God, then we can take care of it. If it causes you to sin, it is not from God. James tells us that it's our own desires that entice us and drag us away. What does it entice us and drag us away mean? means that it looks good and it's going to pull us away from God. Anything that is going to pull us away from God, any temptation that's going to pull us away from God, recognizing it. And, and this may be a time where, where you sit down and you think, okay, what are the temptations that are pulling me away from God? Is it watching the news? Is that pulling me away from God? Is it looking at something that I shouldn't be looking at, listening to something that I shouldn't be listening to? You know, we, we have to be very careful on what we, what we look at and what we put into our brain, what we hear. Because that's going to, to plant things in us. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But... Temptation is designed to get us to sin, and sin drags us away from God. So when we recognize that, we recognize, we recognize how, how we can defeat that. We recognize, man, I shouldn't be watching that, or I shouldn't be listening to that. It's not, it's not good for me. It doesn't... It doesn't uh, do anything for my relationship with God. Another thing that James illustrates is he illustrates giving birth. And clearly he'd never done it because who in the world would use that as an illustration? I'm just saying. But he said that, that um, you know, it gives birth to things that are in us that's not good. It gives birth to sin. And to give birth to sin something has, or I mean, I'm sorry, to give birth, something has to be growing. Something has to be growing within you. Something has to be there in the first place. So we know that sin is always there, but are we feeding it? Are we allowing it to grow? So giving birth to something and and allowing it to grow, you know, are we feeding it by the music we listen to? Are we feeding it by the apps on our phone? Are we feeding it by the, who we're listening to in our family instead of listening over to God's word? Are we, how are we feeding our sin? Because the thing about giving birth is eventually it's going to come out, right? I mean, something's got to come out eventually. So what is going to come out? Is it going to be sin or is it going to be life through Christ? So... The actions that we have leading up to it, I think, is very crucial in how we, how we go about defeating our temptation and how we go about letting it either give birth to sin 
or give birth to life. The second thing I want to talk about is how to recognize that you are not alone. You're not the exception. You're not the only one being tempted. There's nothing special about you. You're not the only one that Satan is tempting. I mean, you all are special. But what I'm getting at is you're not the only one going through it. You may be on a different level. You may be dealing with it a different way, but you're not alone. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, Temptations, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. You are not alone. There are people that go through your temptation, that go through sin, that walk through sin, that can, can come alongside and help. And God is so, so good about placing those people in your life if you ask him. He's so, so good about placing people in your life that will help you. Because when, when we feel alone, we feel that nobody cares and we are even more vulnerable when we are alone. I mean, we have introverts here, right? There are people here that's, that are introverted that is like, I can be alone forever. You know, I saw something the other day. It was, a, it was like a, a person sitting at a, uh, a booth and that said um, introverts at the end of quarantine. And they were like glowing with a light because they've been alone for so long. You know, like introverts are probably, a lot of them liked quarantine. But at the same time, God did not design us to be alone. Whether we're introverted or not, there is at some point in your life where you need human interaction and you need help and you need to have that human interaction and you need to walk through life with someone. And we all know that because in in Genesis, when God made Adam, he said it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. On, On so many levels, it's not good for us to be alone. But that's what our enemy does. He's try, he tries to isolate us and make us feel alone. So when we're going through something and when we're struggling, we feel like, well, they don't even know. Like, you know, we, we, we feel like when we come in and, and, they, and, and we're going through something and someone doesn't say something, well, they don't even know what I'm going through. How can they love me? That is how the enemy works. We don't know what you're going through because you're not telling us. I'm not a mind reader. I can't read your mind. I don't, sometimes I can tell by the body language of what you're going through and how, and how you may present yourself. But you have to understand that we are not designed to walk through life alone. We are not designed to handle our relationship with Christ alone because we have to build upon each other. We have to build each other up. We have to pull each other aside, alongside and say, you got this. I was running a half marathon um, one time and I was, I was at maybe, I think, mile seven. And I was, I was feeling pretty good until I got to, like, mile seven. And I was like, why in the world would anyone do this? Like, why? And so 
um, I, I, I kind of stopped and I kind of slowed down. And like they, they put a hill in like the middle of mile three, which is awful. Like why would you put a hill that soon? And so I'm really like starting to feel it. And I kind of slowed down and um, my sister-in-law who I was running with, she just left me which I'm still a little scarred about. She was like, well, you can't keep up, so I'm just going to run and beat you. And uh, she did. But the story's not about her. Um, it's about this other lady who she left me, and she, she left me there to be eaten alive by this run. And so I'm, I'm running, and I kind of slow down. And I, like you could tell that I was struggling. And this other runner comes alongside, and I don't even know who she is. She comes alongside and she grabs my arm and she says, let's go. You can do this. And sure enough, I ran with her. She, I mean, she got a little bit far, farther ahead of me towards the end, but I ran with her and I said, I got to keep up. I got to keep up. I got to keep up. Because she knew that I was struggling. And so she came alongside to help me and to pull me along. And then when I got to the finish line and she was there, she was like, good job. I'm so glad that you, you kept going. That is what we need in our lives as Christians. When we're slowing down, when life is at us, when temptation is, is gnawing at us and getting us, we need people to help us move us along. And um, in, in our household, we, um, we, we watch a lot of documentaries, um, not by my choice, um, but we watch a lot of documentaries. And Peyton, our two-year-old, he used to be super into lions. Like, he loved lions. Like, he watched The Lion King probably 50 times. Not so much. He really doesn't. Like, he's, he still likes lions, but he was, like, obsessed with them. And so we would watch a bunch of lion documentaries. And um, one thing about lions, when they hunt, you know, the women hunt and, and go provide for the food and basically take care of the whole family because we're basically the best, right? <laughs> Um, but the, the female lions, they go out and they hunt. And, and eventually, like sometimes a lion herd or pride, whatever you want to call them, pride, that's it, lion pride. Ryan's like, come on, get this right. <laughs> You've watched too many documentaries to not know this. Um, so the pride will, sometimes they will look to kill an elephant. Elephants are huge, right? Have you ever seen an elephant up close? Like, it's big. They're huge. And and sometimes, they, it doesn't happen very often, but they will kill it if they sense that there's one that is weak. And elephants in their herd, what they do is they will, the weaker one, they will surround and they will keep them in the middle. They're young. They surround their young and they keep them in the middle. So, so the weaker ones are in the middle. The younger ones, the baby elephants are in the middle and the big elephants are, are guarding it. But the lion's goal is to get the little elephant or the sick elephant away from the herd. And when they do that, they are alone and they are completely and totally vulnerable. Remember, the Bible talks about our enemy as a lion seeking who it may devour. That's why we push life groups. That's why we say, yes, get together, have fun, enjoy a meal, get to know each other. That's why we say, live life together. Because when you are alone, it is easy for you to be attacked. 
When you are alone, you are vulnerable. We can't be alone. And you should know by now that anyone that is sitting in this room or anyone watching online, whether you are a part of C1 family or not, we never want you to be alone. There's always a place for you somewhere. We love you. We want to come around you. We want to rally with you and to say, you know what? Life is hard and it stinks sometimes. And things go, come at us like you would not believe, but you're not alone. We will surround you and we will protect you until God himself lifts you up, pulls you out from being weak, puts you in the circle so someone else who is weak we can surround and protect and walk through life with. Because that's what we're made to do. We're made to walk through life together. We're made to not do it alone. The third thing and final thing, I told you we'd get out of here early. The third thing and final thing is how to recognize God's help. How to recognize God's help when we are being tempted. It's crucial to know that we are not powerless when temptation comes. That we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help give us self-control. As, as believers in Christ, we either believe God out of his word or we don't. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times Ryan said that to me. You either believe God's word or you don't. So are you going to trust him or you don't trust him? So we believe God's word or we don't. And in Galatians 5.22 it says, But the Holy Spirit produces in us this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. I'm sure that we can pretty much all say that. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. Like we, we know that. But when we really let that sink into our heart, the Holy Spirit produces those things in us. We just have to be willing to let him produce those things. It may take time. But self-control is one of those things where, where, where we can have the Holy Spirit help us and guide us. So when we are tempted, when we are feeling like we are tempted, we have self-control. Yesterday, um, Sky was watching uh, Daniel the Tiger, and I've never, I mean, like, I, I was kind of, I was doing something, and so she was uh, going back and forth and, and watching it. And I, I, I know of Daniel the Tiger. I just don't really know anything about it. So I was just, like, listening to make sure, you know, it was good and everything. And so one of the, um, one of the things that it was talking about is, like, when I get mad, I count to four. And I was like, okay, well, let's see if that really works, you know? And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so then, like, you know, 15 minutes goes by, and she, her and Peyton are playing, and Peyton makes her really mad, which he does very often because he's a boy. And um, he likes to really torment his sister. And um, so he, he made her really mad, and she started to yell at him, and then she goes, oh, when I get mad, I count to four. One, two, three, four. Mommy, I am so much better now. I'm like, what? Where has this been my entire life of five years? Like, where, ha what? You were watching Daniel the Tiger. It is on repeat at bedtime, at every, like, I mean, and then she did it again later on that day. And I'm like, y yes, yes, this is great. Where has this trick been? And, you know, um, it's so funny, like, you know, when we stop and say, okay, 
this is really making me mad or I'm about to sin because I'm about to get mad or, or I'm about to look at this because my desires are just very, are very tempting right now or I'm about to listen to this because I need to know or I want to know or whatever the temptation may be. I'm about to say this because I think this person should know, but it's actually gossip. Whatever that temptation is, if we stop and think, okay, God, you give me. You give me these things. You give me patience. You give me kindness. You give me goodness. You give me faithfulness. You give me self-control. You give me these things so I can not sin. That's how we recognize God's help. That's how we know that, that he offers all that we need. Going back to, to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, And God is faithful. He will not allow, you, allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. How many times has temptation seemed so overwhelming? Trial seemed overwhelming. But it's not. We either believe God at his word or we don't. We trust him that we are going to get through this. That it, it is awful. And no, we don't want to get through it. But he will not allow you to be tempted more than what you can stand. So when we feel that those temptations are so much more than what we can stand, we can go back and remember what Paul is talking about, that no, it's not more than we can stand, and that God will give us a way out. He will give us an escape route. So his word is how we recognize God's help. There's so much more power in his word than I think that, that, that sometimes we forget how powerful his word is. And, and, and sometimes we may not forget. We may really quote scripture, but really choosing to believe it and to quote it and to say, okay, God, you're going to give me a way out and you are not going to tempt me more than what I can bear. James goes back and tells us in verse 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from God coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chooses to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, become his prized possessions. Ben, you can come. He chooses to give birth to us by giving us his true word. Remember when we talked about how if we are... Um, let sin build up in our lives, we'll eventually give birth to sin. If we let things build up into us too much, we'll eventually give birth to it. And that's, that's a bad thing, yes. But then James is saying, but this is the good thing. That when I like giving to, into temptation or, and having sin build up in your life, if you allow the word of God to build up in your life, guess what? That doesn't give birth to sin. It gives birth to life. It gives birth to something where, where you feel like, man, I know I can do this. I know that I can get through this. I know that the te this temptation is not going to overcome me because I have the word of God in my life. I'm continuing to quote it. I'm continuing to read it. Even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to read it because it's eventually it's going to grow within me and then it's eventually going to have to come out. And when it comes out... We are full of faith in knowing 
that Jesus is helping us each and every way that he can. And he will. And he does. And that's the best thing about knowing his word and reading it and getting it down deep inside of us. Because it's hard to give in temptation when you're speaking God's word. It's hard to sin when you're speaking God's word. It's hard to say, I need to look at that, but wait, God's word says this. It's hard to say, man, I am so angry right now, but God's word says do not sin in your anger. It's, it's hard to give in to, to sin when you're quoting God's word. It's very hard. Because guess what? God's word trumps everything in life. It trumps everything that we do. It's God's word that, that we go to when we need help. Does God speak to his people? Absolutely. But guess what? God speaks through his word more than he speaks through his people. I believe that God can, can speak to you on a daily basis. I believe that. But sometimes there are times where we really need answers and we're like, God, where are you? Go read his word. And he's there. And it applies. And, you know, sometimes it's so funny because sometimes, you know, you can start to read God's word and, and go through it and then... You know, you can, you can start to say, how, how does this apply? You know, this is Old Testament. The Old Testament is, um, is I, I love reading the Old Testament because it's so jam-packed full of awesome things that God does. And it's so confusing sometimes. And it's so awesome sometimes, most of the time. And, and then, you know, you sit down and you say, wow, like, how can something that applied to David thousands of years ago what he was going through but yet I can relate do you think that's a coincidence no God knows how to relate everything back to him and everything that was recorded in the Bible to him and so when we recognize that we need we need God's help we recognize that one of the ways that God helps us is to is through speaking to us through his word God loves us and he gives everything, he gives us everything that we need to overcome our temptation. And even though it may seem like it's too much, just know that it's not. It's not too much because he has provided an escape route for you. He has given you the tools that you need. If you are in this church and if you are listening to this in any way imaginable, you know that you have people backing you up, ready to go to war for you, ready to grab a hold of you, to come alongside you and say, you can do this. You can finish this race. You can do it. God's help is free, and he will do anything to help us win victory over our sin. Anything. He will send people to you. He will open the word of God where you need it the most. He will put people on the plain seat beside you to speak life into you. He will put people in front of you or behind you at the grocery store to speak life into you because guess what? That's what God does. It's not just for people that are, are wondering, God, are you real? 
And then someone is, bam, like, hey, God told me to tell you this. No, it's for us believers too. God will show us and give us whatever he needs, whatever we need at that time to help us, to push us along, to help surround us with family, the family and the body of Christ. So we're going to pray. I, um, I don't have any fancy altar call or anything like that. I, I want us to be able to sit down. If you need prayer, we are more than willing to pray for you. That's, that's what we do. We pray. But I want us to take a hard look and say, okay, God, through my temptation, through my sin, help me. Help me with this. You know, and, and it may be, going back through the points of, of today's message, it may be, God, help me recognize what is a temptation to me. Because God knows what's tempting you. Like, like we talked about, even before sometimes we do. Maybe there's someone in your life that is a temptation to you. Maybe there's someone in your life that is speaking things above what you're listening to, above what God is speaking to you. That can be a temptation. Temptations come in all different shapes, colors, and sizes. And, and, and yes, we all are tempted, but we all are tempted in different ways. Maybe it's that there's something on your phone you need to delete. Maybe it's that there's something that you need to confess to a spouse or, or to a family member. Maybe it's something that, that you need to come forward and say, Okay, God, I want you to reveal this sin or this temptation in my life. Because I know that once we do, it will take us to another and deeper level with Jesus. A deeper level with him where he can say, all right, let's get it out. Let's figure out how we're going to do this. God, I pray right now that you would speak to us. God, I pray that, that your presence would be here. God, I pray that you would do heart surgery on us, that you would open up our hearts, God, that you would examine us, examine us, God, that you would help us to, to realize what is a temptation, what is a stumbling block for you. If there is one, God, I pray that you would help us to deal with it, to get it out, and to move forward so we can move forward in relationship with you. Let's worship, let's pray, and let's let God speak.